0: Welcome to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Lyon, and I want to thank you for joining me as we explore the world of small grains production and research at Washington State University. In each episode, I speak with researchers from WSU and the USDA ARS to provide you with insights into the latest research on wheat and barley production. If you enjoy the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast, do us a favor and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And leave us a review so others can find the show, too. My guest today is Dr. Garrett Hynek. Garrett is a USDA ARS cropping systems agronomist in the Northwest Sustainable Agroecosystems Research Unit and is stationed in Prosser, Washington. He received a Bachelor's of Science from the University of Wisconsin, River Falls, and a Master's of Science and PhD from the University of Minnesota in plant breeding and genetics focusing on perennial grass seed production systems. Garrett has also completed two postdocs. The first was focused on modeling yield components and moisture content of Kernza at the University of Minnesota, and the second on lentil pathology and genetics at Washington State University. In his current role, he will be adding his expertise to a diverse team of ARS researchers, working together to improve the sustainability and profitability of agroecosystems throughout PNW dryland. Hello,
1: Garrett. Good to be here, Drew.
0: So, rather new to to uh, this new ARS unit. Uh, when did you start? What's your approach going to be about learning about farming systems? It's a very, you probably know this, but a very
1: diverse state. Um, how did how do you go about learning about all that stuff? That's a great question, Drew. I guess I've been here for about about a month now. I uh, started in October, and so it, I haven't I haven't been here long enough to really um, grasp the magnitude of the research region. Um, like you said, I was end up doing a postdoc uh, in Prosser, uh, working on lentil pathology before I came here. So I had a little taste, I think, of the dry land. Um, I had never visited this region before moving here, which uh, was just last year. And so I guess <laughs> driving down and through Coeur d'Alene on I-90 coming from the Midwest, it was very shocking, I think, to to see the landscape and actually really reflect upon um, the first people who tried to grow crops here, perhaps looking ac- across tall grass uh, prairie with, with some sagebrush in there and Kind of thinking wow <laughs> why would you try to grow crops here and uh, but obviously people do and they're very successful at it and so it's almost ironic that now i find myself in a position to be doing research uh in this in this landscape and it is quite diverse um and that's actually really what drew me to the, the position i think so um i guess a little bit about my approach is, to be honest, this this podcast has been a great inspiration, I think, overall. Listening to the plethora of researchers who have been on the show and their experiences in the dry land. Um, a little bit of background about the unit and my position. Um, the unit has a long history of doing conducting research in the inland Pacific Northwest. I think in recent years, uh, it's been centered mostly at, on the Cook Agronomy Farm. Uh, which is just north of Pullman here, where we're we're talking currently. But the area of interest, um, because we are part of the long term agricultural research unit or network, I should say, our unit is part of that network. Uh, that extends if you were to kind of see Pullman in your mind, um, and you ha- traveled south to southwest to to Pendleton, and then further west across the Horse Heavens. Stretching all the way to the cascades south of the Columbia River, and then north, if you moved from there all the way up to Okanagan and then traveling southeast through Ritzville and then just west of Spokane to the Wilkie farm, I think would be the edge of the territory and then of course down back down to Pullman so it's a very impressive and diverse landscape that we cover and it, it's it's quite daunting actually to to learn about so but but a great challenge that i that I welcome
0: so um you mentioned Kernza before or I guess I read it in your in your introduction here for some of those people who may not be familiar with Kernza can you kind of tell us a little bit about what that was Absolutely or is? yeah
1: <laughs> sure um I, my my first postdoc was working with intermediate wheatgrass that's grown for grain and which is trademarked Kernza and so it's not unlike the thinopyrum, the tall wheatgrass that's actually native to this part of the the country Um, It's Sinopyrum Intermedium. Uh, It's grown or it's been trying to be grown for a perennial wheat um, and it's been quite successful as far as marketing goes. I think there's been a lot of uh, industry interest in producing that that perennial crop. One of the big benefits that uh, people see it it is because it it perennial holds soil much better than our annual wheats. Uh, Yield is somewhat of a problem, but that was part of my goal as a postdoc was to be uh, modeling yield components across years to see why yields were declining and perhaps find us somewhat of a solution to that to that issue.
0: Okay. So um, your position here is going to be cropping systems. Is that correct? That's correct. And um, I used to – in a former life, I used to do dry land cropping systems in western Nebraska. And I I always kind of thought that it uh, would be f- nice from a weed control standpoint and from many other standpoints, carbon – to get perennials into the system. So uh, is it are you gonna involve all sorts of I, I guess what what things do you see in your mind as some of the things you're gonna work on in cropping systems for this assume the the dry land portions of eastern Washington.
1: Well that's right, Drew. I think the 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 Isaac Madsen's Piola idea is 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 nothing compared to the complexities maybe the of a, of a perennial uh landscape that's um I, I think i guess i'll I'll take a step back i think that there's i i think that my main focuses are going to be across several different um things uh f- chiefly i think winter winter annuals are going to be very important intercropping i mentioned the piola, which i thought was just a great idea and i i i've been in contact with with isaac about that um, but then, yes, like you just mentioned, uh, perennials as well. And I th- I think that's a much um, – it's, it's something that should be approached with some humility, I think, because why aren't they out there now? Why aren't they in production? Uh, it's because it's probably quite difficult to do. But it certainly is something that I will hope to be looking into in the future. And I think that our team in general is going to be interested in – um, I'm just one of uh four new scientists in our research unit and our unit already has many great support scientists and technolo- technicians who are doing great work on the Cook Agronomy Farm and elsewhere. So I need to be able to integrate myself into the current research. But um that being said, um I think perennials probably will be on the on the outlook f- uh for, for the future for, for my program.
0: Okay. And of course, wheat is is uh king here in eastern Washington. Um any thoughts about um, cropping systems, annual
1: cropping with, with wheat? Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of thoughts. I think I have a lot more to learn before I can contribute substantially to, to the body of research that's already been conducted. But a lot of that, I think, has to uh, – a big part of me being able to conduct good, solid research on, on annual wheat uh, is going to be just me learning and talking with people. For example, meeting with people like Ian Burke about um, – weeds that are that are becoming resistant to to several different modes of action um which is something that i uh that's going to be very important in in research uh, in the upcoming years so a lot of it's going to be listening and learning from others who have the experience and then hoping once i learn enough that i can make a sound contribution to to the inland pacific northwest here in 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 wheat systems as you're saying
0: you know uh- why isn't something grown here and something else is grown here? Getting a, an answer to that is is important. So understanding why we do what we do here is important. Um, one thing I really noticed moving from the Great Plains to here is what a difference the rainfall pattern makes. You know, in the Great Plains, Minnesota, most of the rain falls in the summertime. Here, that's we're very hot and dry in the summer, and the rain comes you know, in the the fall and winter, and and it has a big impact on what you can do. So um, following the water, I think, is always an important thing. And then I have an interest in weeds. So those are important, too. So very wheat-centric here. Uh, Wheat's well-adapted, but some need for change. So how do you go about um, looking for what can be tweaked in the system to make it a more um,
1: productive and sustainable system in the long run? That's a great question. Uh first uh, I would like to I just try to meet with producers, not just because I had mentioned the area, the the actual the the cook agronomy farm, the area that it covers is is massive. And you said Mediterranean climate with three very large and distinct precipitation agroecological ec- ecological classes, right? The the fallow, like in the horse heavens where it's dry as a bone, uh moving east into the transitional to the annual zone here in the east. Um, in in the, in the Palouse, um, so how how do you make change on a landscape, um, especially when you don't have a lifetime's worth of experience? I think it's got to start with building relationships with producers um, themselves, not just in the Palouse, but also moving west uh, towards the drier lands. Uh, um, I met with some folks uh, up in up near Lind, some. People have been farming up there probably for 100 years or more. Um, And then in the horse heavens as well, a multi-generational farming family. Um, I'll be hoping to meet with them. And that's, I think, that's the the key. You know, if you want to make change, because they have problems, but they also have generations of experience. They've tried things that we might think are new, but because we didn't talk to them and they've tried it, you know, 20 years ago, maybe it can work now, but perhaps... It needs to uh be the research would need to be conducted with um, with information that they that they could give that could make the research more productive so I think really just reaching out and talking with people especially as a new science is, a scientist is is absolutely paramount um to to conducting good research and making change and then if I may be so bold as to to offer a suggestion without knowing a ton um i i think wait wheat is king and will continue to be king but um just listening to people's stories it seems like it's becoming more and more and more more and more difficult to control for example let's just take weeds for example where right? we're losing modes of action to several different um species grass species and perhaps if we could incorporate New and profitable winter annuals into the system that could break up those um those weeds um in the in the in the crop rotation, perhaps that would be even if they're not quite as profitable, perhaps they will have other benefits besides um just the the sheer economics of the whole thing so um we'll see how that all that goes but uh, i'm 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 quite excited to to see what uh, where it all where it all takes me. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, <clears throat> when I came here in 2012, I found the growers and and all the people in the industry to be very open to talking to you and sharing your sharing their stories with you. So I think that's a great way of doing it. If if uh, people want to get in touch with you,
1: how do they go about doing that? Oh, that's great, true. Um a very good question considering so I I'm re- I'm relatively new and so that means that I don't actually have a functional USDA email yet. Um when I do have a functional email, it will be garrett.heineck at usda.gov but in the meantime and in the future if you if you so choose uh feel free to contact me at my washington state email which is Heineck at wsu.edu and i would also like to uh, we don't have an official well we have an official page our unit does but it might be best if you're more interested in the ltar uh, network, uh, just Google LTAR and USDA together and you find some really good interesting information on the long-term research that's been done here and elsewhere across, across the US. So I would encourage that as well.
0: Okay. And we'll make sure we get your contact information into the show notes for this episode. So uh, if listeners want to try to contact you, they'll, they'll have that information there at hand. Thank you very much for sharing with us uh, your, your um, background and your vision. And we look forward to some very productive years ahead for you. Thank you, Drew. Thanks for joining us and listening to the WSU Weepy Podcast. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. If you have questions or topics you'd like to hear in future episodes, please email me at drew.lion. That's L Y O N at WSU.edu. You can find us online at smallgrains.wsu.edu and on Facebook and Twitter at WSU Small Grains. The WSU Wheatbeat Podcast is a production of Connors Communications and the College of Agricultural, Human, and Natural Resource Sciences at Washington State University. I'm Drew Lyon. We'll see you next time. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by guests of this podcast are their own and does not imply Washington State University's endorsement.